Hey, dog. <laughs> Don't whisper. Hey, Karen. It's been hey, a while, and it's nice hey, to hear dog. your voice. Hey, dog. So I need to tell. Legally, I need to tell you that I'm recording you. Okay, and I can see that on my computer. Okay, good. Okay, so so we're in the clear legally. So hey, how are you, stranger? I'm doing okay. You know, we are all plodding along in this in this crazy, real upside down world that we seem to keep living in. And you? I mean, I'm fine. I mean, I'm okay. I've been sort of crazy busy, and we've had sort of um, we did take a pause um, when everybody else took pauses for to you know for black lives matter and um and so we did take a pause and then i just got really busy with some things with um with a book coming out and which we will be talking about on hollywood boulevard yeah if you Um, stick with us you'll learn more and then just a few other and there's just like other things for with like you know personal stuff with my kid and you know so it's just been like really like all like i'm just like how the hell Did I have, like, I had, like, shit to do every night last week. Yeah, it happens. Even even during COVID, it happens. I know. I'm like, we're quarantined. How can I have all this shit going on? I know. I ended up working a bunch of nights uh, last week, too. Really? You know, I thought my workday was done, and then I got a text, and then I logged back on, and I'm like, well, this is different, but it happens. Yeah, uh, lucky to still have a job to cling to with for dear life. Yeah, I mean, and I do. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I'm like, oh my god, I'm furloughed. What? <laughs> like, like technically with my day job, like I got nothing going on, but I am just right. slammed. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously I have I have my books and stuff, and that's keeping me super busy. But it's just kind of like all last week I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm not even like actually working. What yeah. the hell? Funny. Funny how that uh, happens to the driven people. <laughs> I mean, it's really insane. And I'm kind of like, I don't know how I do this. I, well, I mean, honestly, I don't. I mean, like, this is like, I, I can't release books the way I'm releasing books right now. Um, Which, again, because, you'll find out more about in Hollywood if, Boulevard. If you stick with us Hollywood Boulevard. Um, but it's just truly, like, a, it, an incredible, I'm just like, I don't, know how, I don't know how I do this. I don't know how I do this with a full-time job. This is nuts. But, yeah. So it's been busy. So we missed a couple of weeks, but we're back and we are back with season four, episode 30. We are almost at the end of season four, which is such a 2020 season. Um, (laughs) It really is. Yeah. It's called Melrose Unglued. And yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was unglued. So what was your favorite part of this episode? Um, I think my favorite part was the kind of big deal thing that we're going to get too close to the end of our recap. Okay, my favorite part is that we had 30 seconds of Billy. And that was just... You mean on, of, and you mean only 30 and seconds And I mean only 30 seconds of Billy. And that was just as a reminder that he's turned over a new leaf. Right. That was seriously right. the only reason. Yes. Yeah, the only reason... So I'm kind of wondering because his storyline seems done. Do we not, do we get a reprieve for the next couple of uh, next couple of episodes? Or, or... Uh, by by reprieve, do you mean that we don't see Billy? No. Yes. Why are you asking for miracles? No. Uh, no. They are now just pivoting him in a new direction. Okay. So so we we will be getting the pivot in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, which is just going to be kind of a, a lame back to Billy 1.0. See, yeah, and I'm kind of feeling like, why pivot him? Like, just let him, let him, let him go away for give us all a break until season five, and then let him come back with, you know. That would be cool if if the powers that be just knew which ones we hated and were like, and we're just not going to use them for a couple weeks. How could they? How could they not know? How could they not know? I mean, of all the characters and of all the actors, that would be the one. Really, through the entire '90s, that would be the one. But um, it's funny because, for instance, if I've been watching Pose, uh, uh, which is now on Netflix. Wait, what have you been watching? Pose, the Ryan Murphy show with Billy Porter about, like, the ballroom vote. Oh, scene. yes, 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 yes. Oh, that's on Hulu. It's na- no, on Netflix. Nef- oh, it's on Netflix now. Yeah. I, th- I don't know why they had not filmed a third season, 
in a normal world, that would have already been dropped this month, but I guess they'd already scheduled for the last season to drop now, uh, which is the way season one dropped as the new season two aired. Anyway, I we had sort of argued, and I won't tangent for too long, that Billy Porter is not a lead, but a supporting character on that show, even though he ended up winning a lead actor Emmy last year. This season, again, we feel the same thing. They give him some awards-baiting scenes, but he's not even in every episode. In a 10-episode season, he's absent from at least two full episodes. Um, if only they could have done the same with Billy here. Yes. They don't. <laughs> His scenes won't add up to much, but they're there. But they're there. So he's still mugging it up. Yeah, as lazily as one yeah. can mug. So this was kind of like one of those episodes for me where I just kind of had my what the fuck fuck face on through the whole thing because I, I it, picture that yes yeah because it was just kind of like it was it's like now you see it's like it's like looking it's like watching a train with no brakes and and like I finally understand like it's like watching this episode I was like I finally understand the meaning of the word train wreck because <laughs> it is like seriously like watching a train with no breaks, just speeding towards the end, right? Because we're speeding towards the end of the season. And so they're kind of like hastily wrapping up all of these half-assed storylines. And so and so it's just kind of like shining this big old spotlight on how half-assed they've been. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and we'll talk about it more once we've talked about everything that has happened. But I feel like they're they're hurtling along and and taking these storyline shortcuts to reach the finish line, and yet there was so much blubber on the middle of the season storyline wise. I don't like a lot of the actual plot points that have happened from story to story here, but if we couldn't rewrite it, I would have at least reordered it, and they might have made a bit more sense strategically the way they could have happened versus the way they are sort of flung at us in the last couple and especially in this episode. Okay. Well, I'm not really, yeah, I, shit, you know, I wish I had done my, I wish I had arranged my notes in like a scene by scene, but I put them all together. Well, I think we, I think we can figure it out, but we should pick up at least where we left off, which is with Kimberly and Michael. And that is where we, um, we, that's where they cold open. Exactly. So Michael was essentially left for dead. Right. When we last saw him. Right. So, so Michael, when we open up, Michael's on the floor after Kimberly, knee Betsy, bludgeoned him with the hammer. And so he's down there and he's like, and, and I guess she's no longer Betsy at this point. Exactly. That, that is the weird thing. Yes. Like, so she hits him as Betsy, he goes down, and now all of a sudden she's Kimberly again. She's Kimberly again. And she's now trying to make it look like it was a break-in, um, and that someone else did this, and that probably killed Michael. Because typically if you get hit in the head with a hammer, you might be dead. Right. And I guess it looks like there's blood and on, on his head, and, and so she basically does a really good job, a really bad job, making it look like, you know, she just kind of, like, dumps silverware and takes some candlesticks. And then she sneaks out the, the sliding glass door onto the deck and kind of creeps around towards the front of the house um, where, guess who's coming up the walk? Could only be Sid. It could only no be one Sid. Else but Sid. And it said, so she, t she tosses her silver candle holders onto the beach. <laughs> And then greets it as if she had just come home and was just unlocking the door. Right. And so now they walk in. I forgot what was Sid needed him to sign checks or something. I don't remember what. No, it can't be that. She can do it, that. It is. It is something to do with the actual practice. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's why she came by. She needs Michael for something. Um, so they walk in together, they, they, they walk in, the place looks trashed, and Kimberly already goes, oh my god, we've been robbed! Yeah. <laughs> like, like Thinking real fast, sure. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I guess it was Sid that found Michael. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so they walk in, they find Michael, 
Um, Kimberly tells Sid to call 911. Spoiler alert, Michael lives. Michael's not dead. Not dead. And he actually spends the rest of the episode with a thick piece of gauze taped to his thick head of hair. Yeah. I mean, when you have a head injury, they usually shave your head. Yeah, no, they they just uh, sewed it up or did whatever they needed to do as is. Right, right. So um, no cops come, however, to talk to Michael about this break-in. Quote-unquote break-in. But there are cops all over the place um, where where Peter is concerned. Yeah, in fact, for separate matters, as it will turn out, yes. Yes, yes. So while Michael is in the hospital, poor Peter is at the police station with Alicia dealing with the rape allegations. Um, So if we remember, Lonnie Anderson and Denise Richards are the mother-daughter team that that were trying to win that modeling competition in San Diego. Yeah, that story is still going on. Yeah, and I think it's only been going on for, what, two episodes? This is the third. And it already feels like it's overstayed its welcome. And um, and so now Peter has been arrested and Alicia is with him uh, at the at the at the police station. And Amanda swoops in. Yeah. Uh, And pledges to help. Yeah. And and actually, like his lawyer leaves, Alicia leaves, leaves him alone with with Amanda so that they can discuss strategy. Like this doesn't really happen. No. That, that would never happen. No. Uh, in a shocking deviation from real life, no. Yes. The so, first time that has ever happened. Because if we remember the last time Amanda overheard Lonnie Anderson and Denise Richards talking about their scheme and talking about how Michael was the one that slept with her. And so, she, so you know, Amanda knows what's up and she is telling Peter, leave it to me. Right. Right. Okay. She saw well, she saw Michael go into Brandy's room. That's what it was. Thank you. Yeah, that's what it was. It was she saw Michael go into Brandy's room. So, um, so yeah, so, so then she, yeah. Amanda has a plan and her plan is to give Denise Richards the modeling contract. Yeah, she she goes she confronts Michael, right? I couldn't remember if that happened before or after the modeling contract. I think it happened. I think before, she I think she, she I think she goes to Michael and he confesses in the hospital. Right. And and then she calls in Terry, Lonnie Anderson. Um, and it's when Lonnie Anderson is talking to Amanda that she starts to, like, mix her stories up about what happened, to, like, what the story was, what happened to her versus what happened to Brandy and what other men may have done to her. Um, and then she says, like, she never even knew the name of, um, what's her name, Brandy's dad. Um, and there's, like, a pause a break. And then I think that's when Peter comes in to visit Amanda, um, not knowing that Terry is there. And then Amanda has done all this behind the scenes finagling. It was that scene in Amanda's office between her and Lonnie Anderson was the most bizarre scene. I think, or I mean, God, take your pick. There were so many of them, but that scene was just weird and awkward and out of left field. When, you know, Lonnie Anderson starts talking about, I guess, possibly being raped by Denise's father. And yeah. that's how Denise, that's how she ended up pregnant. And but she never actually says it. She just says she doesn't know the man's name. Like it was just it was just so strange. And for her to all of a sudden kind of be opening up to Amanda with all of this and not just being like, you know, bitch, I want my two million dollars, right. you know, right. It just yeah. it's all very strange. It is strange for a couple reasons, because this is typically like the confessional scene that comes at the end of like Columbo or something when you're like, all right, you're you were the bad guy. And now we've got you. And now you have your moment where you explain where you were coming from or why you are like this before we say goodbye to you forever. But also it's you're they're trying to create sympathy for her after two weeks of not having sympathy for her. But then the next time we see her, even though we know a bit more about her, she's still an asshole. Like, Peter is now essentially exonerated, but she's never considered a good person. So it's like it doesn't really matter because it doesn't rise to anything. It doesn't bring the rest of the Peter Amanda story to a different level 
it's kind of useless. This whole story, right. the way it kind of fizzles mid-episode, because something else is going to happen totally different, um, it makes the whole storyline feel like a why bother thing. Right, because, I mean, truthfully, it really didn't need to be there. She could have just been a gold-digging stage mom, and she got the gold that she wanted, and so she's dropping the charges. Right. but We don't need of, any of that other shit. We don't, but it doesn't further any of the stories with our main characters along. Like, whatever's happening with Peter and Amanda is going to happen anyway. Right. Um, whatever is happening with Michael and Kimberly and Betsy was happening before she entered the picture. So Kimberly already had two other personalities before Michael headed to San Diego. So this isn't what actually, you know, launches that. So it's really all for naught except to say, oh, that was Lonnie Anderson or that's early Denise Richards. Right. Although, I mean, I guess in a way it does launch the second half of, you know, because because Michael or, or it partially launches because we do have. Uh, a fallout from Michael having this cheat. I mean, you can't even call it an affair. It was just a cheat, basically, um, which we will get to later. Um, So in that regard, I guess him being in San Diego and all of that happening did serve a purpose. But I don't think that the writers saw that far ahead to even say that that's why they they did it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think this yeah, just happened to be handy. I don't know. Yeah. Like, they could have used this, or they could have easily used something else as the thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so so Peter is off the hook, right? But Michael... He's, he's off of one hook, yes. Yes, he's off of one hook for now. But we have a very guilt-ridden Michael who decides that he wants to right. confess to Kimberly. Right. Then, and... Yeah. Peter, Peter tells Michael not to. Right? Yeah, Peter's like, that's a really bad idea. And Michael's like, no, I think I need to do it. And I don't understand why, this was the other thing, I don't understand why Michael decides that he needs to confess. Like, he's a cad, he cheated, he managed to get himself out of this bad situation. Why, why tell her? There is no reason. There's there is no reason. Number. Amanda has handled it. Right, Amanda's handled let, let it. Let the grown-ups handle it. Amanda yeah, handled right. it. And and it just seems like again like it didn't make any sense because I didn't he talk about coming clean to her like last episode too I think and it just felt like completely out of character for Michael, you know. Yeah. Um, let, him be, let him just be let Michael be Michael. Let him be yeah. the caddy, as you said. Yeah, and I mean I think that it would be fine and maybe within his character to feel somewhat guilty about what he did, but he would never own up to it. He would never own it because he's a liar and a cheat. He always has That's been. Just, been that way since season one. Since the end of season one, this is what he's going to do. Right. right. And so and so now to suddenly he now for him to suddenly have this sort of like I have to come clean to Kimberly because I love her. No, no, doesn't make any sense. So right. this and it doesn't like, make you more heroic for saying it either. Absolutely not. So this was just such an obvious vehicle to sort of propel the next things that happen it actually was sort of, was very frustrating yeah i agree and i actually think we can pause on this storyline and probably okay. get through all the stuff that happens with with joe with jane and allison and jake and richard uh and then we can pick up the rest of this and catch the rest of the stories that are in the back half of the episode that sounds perfect so where do we go next? Should we just get Jake Matt and Jane and poor Allison? Oh, let's do that. Allison over with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this really point, it's just poor Allison. Yeah. It's poor Allison. Just it, poor Allison. That's how I remember it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so um, last, it was last episode, um, Jane went to New York with Richard, and that's when he raped her. Correct. Correct. That was last episode. Yeah. So she came back from New York and kind of acted all sorts of, you know, weird with Jake and kind of, you know, pushes him away and is kind of nasty about it and very out of character because she's obviously dealing with and processing this very traumatic thing that happened to her in New York, you know. So, um, but of course, Jake doesn't know this, so he's all like, what the fuck? So 
He still has no idea that Jane was raped, and she's still lashing out at him and acting weird. No, and no one knows. And right no there. one knows. Yeah, Jane is, like, all by herself with this, right? Um, so Jake puts Allison on the case, and Allison does not want to be on the case, okay. um, but he basically enlists her to find out what's up, and Jane comes clean to Allison. Um, but yeah, because Richard, she's, yeah, because of the voicemail. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Allison is at Jane's, and Richard leaves a voicemail, and Allison can tell by looking at Jane that something is up. Yeah, and so... And so, so Jane tells her and they have this like kind of really nice sort of like, you know, moment of sisterhood and they hug each other. And Jane is basically like, you can't tell Jake. Right. So, um, and Allison's a very good friend and she's not going to say anything. And even after Jake sort of pushes her and she's just like, no, you, when she's going to, when she's ready to tell you, she's going to tell you. Um, and, you know, Jake is. Well, Richard and Jane show up at Shooters, I guess, to meet with clients, uh, to have drinks with clients. Mm -hmm. And Jake sees, like, Jane is kind of reacting to Richard's presence in a very, like, you know, well, I mean, if you've been raped by the person, normal way. She's kind of fearful yeah. and uneasy and skittish around him. And then and then Allison basically, like, refused to serve him and was like, yeah. I'm not serving you. Like, she was like, get your own damn chairs. Like, she was just, like, pretty, like, like, like she was kind of boss with him. I loved it. Yeah, I did, too. <laughs> I really did. And so Jake was like, and that's when Jake was like, hey, like, I know something's up. Like, you, and she's like, no, I'm not telling you. But also, just to add to the asshole factor, Richard also tells Jane to keep her mouth shut. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Richard is like, so Jane told Allison, you have to keep your mouth shut. So if he was already 100% guilty and an a-hole, now he's 110% bad. Right. He's just a bad person. Right. Now they have now made him a complete big bad. Yeah. Which With pineapple wasn't. hair. Yes. He wasn't. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. No. Um, so again, that's that sort of like what the fuckness of this entire, well, really the entire season. But as we're sort of snowballing till the end, it's just, you know, suddenly we've got another character doing something completely out of character. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jake has sort of like reached the end of his rope and basically confronts Jane and pushes her to open up to him by like basically accusing her of having an affair with Richard and boy, be careful what you wish for, Jake, because then she just lays it on him about what happened. And he storms out of the apartment just as Allison is coming in. And right, well, Allison... what, what happens is there's still a shooters, Jake and Allison. And he asks her and Allison, again, being loyal friend, says, look, I can't tell you anything. But if you need to find out more, you have to ask Jane yourself. And Jake basically leaves shooters right then. And that's when Jane confesses to him. And Allison essentially also leaves shooters and runs into Jane's apartment just as Jake is storming off. And that's when Jane is like, yeah, I told him. And Allison's like, he's going to kill Richard now. And Jane said, yes, I hope he does. Yes, basically. So Richard could be dead. Richard might be dead. And at this I don't point, think he is, does, but... does anyone not want that? Yeah. 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 I mean, no, I don't think I don't think he is. Do we care? No. Okay, moving on. Joe, Matt, and Dr. Feelgood. Yeah, he's still here. Yeah. What was his actual so, name? Dr. O'Malley. Dr. O'Malley. Dom he, Dominic O'Malley. And he is the um, the child uh, childhood trauma specialist or abuse it's specialist. Either, it's, either child, it's like the number one child abuse psychologist in the world or something in the like world that. yeah and he just so happens to be matt's professor and um and a doctor at the hospital and so in the last episode jo joe enlisted matt to to introduce her to dr o'malley so that she could bring him on to look at tyler which is the kid mm -hmm. of sid's friend what's her name Lori. Lori, Jason Priestley. Justine sister. Priestley, right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and, and he was like, and he basically looked at the kid and said, he's not being abused and you're crazy. And Joe stood up to him. And so now the tables have turned and Dr. O'Malley has Matt in his office and basically says, 
Matt will be his teaching assistant if Matt sets him up on a date with Joe. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. Icky. And so what does Matt do? He totally throws Joe under the bus. <laughs> and and so she arrives at Shooters thinking that she's going to have like an after work drink with her buddy Matt. And um, and she, so she Guess shows what? up. It's fresh. a setup. Yeah. <laughs> I loved how she came in and she was fresh from falling off a horse. <laughs> yeah, a random horse riding accident. <laughs> she was shooting a beer commercial or a beer ad and she fell off a horse. And like she, she walks in, she's kind of dirty. And like, like she's got some dirt on her clothes. And Matt is like looking at her like, why did you show up like that? Because like she's on a date that she doesn't know about. And she's like, I fell off a horse. Yeah. Which I think was like, like that was that was my favorite part of the episode actually mm-hmm. that instead, um, but she you know her falling off a horse, and so um and so she is like dead against like she really doesn't want to have a drink with this guy because she does not like him, um but she says she will have one drink one drink turns into two when he walks her home, and she basically um convinces him to take another look at Tyler. Yeah, and she does also uh, end up kind of having to open up about uh, that she herself had been abused. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the husband in New York that we've forgotten about. Right. Because when she showed up, we had badass Joe, who then all sorts, made all sorts of really bad choices. Exactly. Um, so she basically takes the doctor to this park where um, Jason Priestley's sister brings the kid every day at three o'clock to, I mean, you know, she basically like accosts them there. And um, in about 2.2 seconds, Dr. O'Malley coaxes the story of this abusive boyfriend out of her. Yeah. Uh, well, not out of Joe, out of- Out of Lori. Out of Lori. Um, we find out that the ex-boyfriend that she left behind in Chicago was beating up was beating. Yeah. this little but- kid. But, okay, we did see her being verbally abusive. We did see her being cold to Tyler. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't, what, she, she, he wasn't allowed to eat dinner or something, right? Oh, uh, yeah, was, I think so. I know there was, she was also yelling at him about making the new apartment a mess. Yeah, she was, like, stuff. squeezing him real hard, like, kind of shaking him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but, those bruises looked kind of new to me, but whatever. But what, what do we know? Um, so Joe is kind of vindicated. She was right. The kid was being abused. Um, but this whole relationship thing with Dr. O'Malley goes absolutely nowhere. Right. For now. At least in this episode. Right. For now. So I, I guess we will have m- more where that came from. We will. But I, I don't know. I just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I think Joe needs to move. Um, I think so, too. But I say that about all of them at this point. I know, but I really think Joe needs to move because, like, they're, she's just getting, like, crap storylines, and they keep hooking her up with, like, non-Melrosian people. And yeah, it's that is the other problem, yes. Yeah, like, like they just... The closest they came to anyone who wasn't Jake, but was, but was, like, a resident of Melrose, was when it was Jess, which was still a guest player. Yeah. Like, her biggest storylines have been Reed, uh, who had nothing to do with anyone else on the show. And, um, I mean, I can't even think of anyone. I mean, and otherwise, it was about when she was pregnant with Reed's kid. And she was more involved with Kimberly by accident than anyone else. Right. And so, I mean, truthfully, like, what... I mean, I don't understand. Like, why couldn't they have brought in, like, a roommate for Matt? Who could have, like, who could have, like, upped the male factor? Because I, I wonder if it's partly because the gender dynamics are skewed on the show and there are more women than men. Um, I'm just trying to do the math in my head. If we include, like, the long-term players, like, say, a Richard, are there still, are the women still outnumbering the men? Well, I guess maybe not, but it just kind of feels that way, I guess, because... I mean, they did bring, you know, they did bring Richard out from the outside, too. I just feel like, if, I don't know, I just feel like they, they needed to be another man in the Melrose Place complex right now. Like, I feel like that might be the thing that's lacking. Yeah, I mean, the, the simple truth is they never did anything else to, to center Joe right. on, on the campus. Right. Because never. honestly, too, but when you think about those gender dynamics, when Michael moved out, they never moved a guy in. 
No, they didn't. So, you know, anyway. No, we had, yeah, so we had Billy and Jake and Matt. Is that it in the building? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, I don't know. Anyway, it's stupid. It's it, That was stupid and we're done. Yeah, you know, we're trying to diagnose all the things the writers could have done and should have done. And we'll never know why, because they probably didn't even think twice about it. No, they, they, weren't, they weren't thinking. So, okay, let's talk about Sid. Yeah, let's do. Who, very quickly, we should say at one point, I think, doesn't Sid give Joe a lecture also about getting her nose involved with Lori? Even though we never see Lori and Sid have another talk. Um, Sid has found out and yells at Joe. But that's not why we're really focusing on Sid for this episode. She has other storylines going on. Well, as we remember, as we learned, what, last episode, that's Sid is a porn story. producer now. Yeah. yeah. Remember that, guys? Yeah, she is producing porn. By accident. Uh, by accident. Um, but it's the best accident in the world. And, and one that, that can only happen to Sid. Yeah. <laughs> she shuts the office down with the best sign ever, best homemade sign ever, so that she can watch the porn dailies with her producer friend. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got like the whole bowl of popcorn and everything. And like the sign is great. It was like one Dr. Mancini in hospital, Dr. Burns in jail, like office closed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is great. I was like, perfect. Um, so she's watching the dailies with her porn producer friend, and that's when we have Bobby comes in. I don't know why Bobby comes in in the first place to say that he's not mad anymore about the tattoos. But before he can finish his sentence, he gets mad at her because she's watching the porn, and he's like, "I thought I told you not to do it. I thought I told you not to get involved in this." Yeah, he was like, "Stay away with the producer. Stay away from the producer guy." Yeah. Right, right. And so basically, he's mad at her, and he starts yelling at her, and he breaks up with her. Even though when he's breaking up with her, he says that they were never together. I was so confused. Yeah. I was so confused. They're trying to now create something sturdy out of this liquid story that never amounted to anything. Right. And like, which, which will become more of a pain later on this episode, because we're about to talk about something that Sid does, that if Sid and Bobby were actually involved, or if there was some sort of triangle with Amanda, if Sid was actually really at odds with Amanda... Something like this, the stakes would be so much higher and matter so much more. But they don't. But because they don't. they're in this weird limbo. It's like, it was sort of like a will they or won't they, that they were like kind of cute-ish and platonic together. And then it just sort of hit a dead end. And now they're sort of like almost meta-referencing it by saying, we're over, even though we were never together. It's like, well, then who cares? Why are you saying anything? Why are like, you punching this producer out? Because, like, none of this really matters. Like, yeah, in a way, like, I would have, I would have preferred, I honestly would have preferred to have, to be gaslit by the show at this point, and them just pretend that Bobby and Sid always had a thing. Sure. Yeah. Like, just gaslight me. Don't, Not lazy, you know, be lazy, yeah. Yeah, like, if you're going to be lazy, like, just commit to it. And just sort of say they had a thing all along and we all just misread it, you know, um, because, yeah, he does kind of like behave like because he does punch out the producer. He is rather protective of her for somebody he doesn't really exactly. care about, right. you know, so it just it it was just super weird how they have this this dynamic or this what could have been relationship and they just don't bother with it. That's absolutely right. And, and that's and, why it ultimately is all a waste of time. And it could have been so easy. Yeah. Amanda was out of the picture. He was, you know, he, he could have, Sid could have been his rebound, you know, whatever. This show all the time. Look how quickly yeah. Jane and Jake fell into each other. Yeah. With no real chemistry. You know, I mean, Bobby and Sid have something at least. And they never even bothered to say, like, it wasn't like there was a one night stand that didn't turn into anything. They were already living together and were cute together. So just saying, like, we're a couple and then it ends quick. Because they were almost like two little misfits. Exactly. And that's how, the, and that's why it worked. Exactly. You know? They were and, always the ones that got the short end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah. And so it totally worked in that. And I was actually kind of rooting for them to, like, for the writers to get them together. Yeah. And then I it never too. happened. And then it never happened. No. Um, so... 
so Sid is obviously upset about Bobby breaking up with her, not breaking up with her. And she, I don't remember how she ended up back in the same room with the porn producer guy. Like, because uh, Bobby did, like, threaten him and punch him, I think, right? Yeah, and then we see him one last time. And then we see him again. And and she basically is apologizing for Bobby and saying, well, you know, it, it, he's he's been like this ever since his dad betrayed him because he still thinks that his father was the reason why he had that trouble with the cable company. And um, and 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 the the friend is like, well, the fiasco wasn't his dad. That was this that was this lawyer chick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and right. so and is- that's when Sid can do the math. Right, and so Sid puts it together and deduces that it was Bobby and Alicia, and so she goes to the airplane hangar where Bobby's buffing a plane. I yeah, guess. yeah, I the know. airport factory doing whatever. Yeah, yeah, and um, and tells Bobby what happened, and so Bobby gets upset, and he apparently off screen uh, gets drunk. Right. Um, well, he tells, and this is, I believe, the last he sees of Sid. Right. He tells her to get oh, out, yeah. and that's that. Yeah. Um, he, Screams at her to get out. Yeah, and 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 again before we get to his next scene, um, this would mean a lot more. It was, this is what I was referring to before. If Sid had somehow been more connected or hating Amanda in the moment, like the information she now has, it, it like is you know can really do a lot of damage to Amanda and to Peter, who is her boss. Right. So, it, like, if their storylines had been entwined in a different way, like, this shit could set everything in motion for multiple main characters on the canvas for episodes and episodes to come. And she's basically kind of just telling Bobby, like, out of loyalty to Bobby. And because of what's going to happen next, it doesn't really matter much longer. But you could have knitted, like, whole storylines out of this information. Yeah, um... But they're not doing that. No, no, they're not. So yes, off screen, Bobby has gotten very drunk, and he calls Alicia, pretending to be Peter, so that she will meet him at the office. Um, at right? Peter's office, yeah. At, Peter, and, at Peter's office, yeah. And at the same time, Peter, I, I, I guess Bobby also called Peter. Um. Or Alicia, or had Bobby also called Peter to have Peter go to the office or something like that? Like, basically, he he arranged it so that both of them would meet him at that office. I'm not quite sure how, so that he could confront them both. But um, Peter is with Kimberly. Right. So- and this is important. This is an important point um, because after she uh, after she has attacked Michael and. And then the first time, and then Michael confesses that he, Michael goes to her and confesses that he has an, he has had this cheat, not even an affair, with Denise Richards because he wants to come clean because he loves her so much and it was a mistake and it'll never happen again. Um, and he tells her this while she's polishing the silverware, the silver knives. Um, and in, and Kimberly goes away. Betsy comes out and she basically tells Michael, "You have to leave right now." And yeah, she walks, throws ballistic. She throws a knife at the door. She throws a knife at the door, and so basically, um, she keeps him out of the apartment or the house, the beach house, mm-hmm. all night yeah, long. Yeah, he's sleeping. Yeah, he sleeps overnight in the car. It's raining. It never rains in California. Yeah. Um, except that night while he's sleeping in the car, it's raining, and he's like, "Please let me in. I love you." And she's like, "Well, this is I love you too, and this is why I can't let you in." Um, and because she knows that she is going to, that Betsy is going to kill him. Right. And, she's telling him to move out for his own good. Yeah. Of course, he can't get. Yeah. Right, right. And so she has this emergency dinner with Peter because she's like, Betsy's back and Betsy's bad. And I think I'm going to kill Michael and I don't yeah. want to do it. And yeah. so Peter says, well, we're going to get you to the hospital. I'm going to talk to Dr. So-and-so and we'll get you admitted and you're going to get treated. And Kimberly is relieved and grateful this and really wants that says, to yeah. happen. Yeah, this yeah, time she's, she's okay like, with yes. being committed. But what's but that you're not. saying? That's too easy? Oh, you're right, and you have seen the show before. Right. Betsy's not happy. Betsy's not having it. Right. And we know this because the camera zooms in on Kimberly and Marsha Cross 
does that thing with her face so you know Kimberly is becoming someone else. And she excuses right. herself to go to the restroom. Um, that by now is basically fancy. Right. This and so- is happening at the same time that Alicia is in Peter's office seeing Bobby. Right. This is a, this happens at the same time that Bobby is confronting Alicia at Peter's office. And so now um, Kimberly, as Betsy or Betsy escapes, leaves the restaurant, leaves Peter there because she doesn't want to go to the hospital. And so now Peter is scrambling to look for Kimberly because she could be doing anything. She could be going after Michael. Who the hell knows? He's got to find her. He's not checking his messages. He doesn't know he needs to go to the office. He, he isn't checking his messages and also would not have a cell phone and with, that would give him the ease to check anyway. But, but also, interestingly, all this time we're talking about Kimberly being psychotic again, having these new split personalities, Betsy being back with a vengeance. Michael seems to be the only potential victim. It's not like Kimberly is going to go back to Melrose Place and re-bomb it. It's not like anyone innocent in the rest of L.A. is at risk. It seems to be only Michael right now. So why are they trying so hard to fix her? (laughs) Um, So anyway, so so that's where Peter is. That's where Peter is. And this is going to become very important in about two seconds. Yes. So because Bobby is already wasted, he sees Alicia and confronts her very quickly. Things escalate. He, in a way that we have never seen Bobby be before or be violent before, he lunges for Alicia and she grabs one of Peter's golf clubs and kind of swings at him in self-defense. And it's enough to basically send drunk Bobby out a very high window and through the through the plate glass through, through it wasn't open windows through no, the plate no, no. glass he stumbles across the office through the plate glass window and down many many stories to Bobby's death yeah Bobby's dead so the beginning of the season there was a Jack Parisi and a Bobby Parisi and now they're both dead now there's no Parisi right so all of those potential things that may have happened with Bobby with Bobby and Sid all done Right. Meanwhile, Alicia is now responsible for the death of someone. Yes. And um, Peter still still doesn't know any of this. He doesn't find out anything until the next morning um, because he visits Amanda. Who does know? Who does know? Who's sitting on her couch basically crying. Um, And he's kind of walks in and he's like, what, what is it? What's wrong? And she's like, I didn't know where you were. I couldn't find you. And where have you been? And he said, I've been out all night looking for Kimberly and um, what's going on. And Amanda's like, Bobby is dead and the police think you killed him. And so Again, this was another one of those episodes where there were so many moments where they could have ended it. Like the Cliffy could have been here, right? Like, well, Bob, like yeah, Bobby but there's more. I thought there was a Cliffy. This could have been a Cliffy. Oh no, we're going on some more. So, so she says, you know, she she says she tells Peter what happened that Bobby went out the window, and Peter's like, well, what time was this? And she said it was like 9.30, and he was like, oh, no, I was with Kimberly. Now I really need to go find her because she is my ally. Now now Kimberly doesn't just need to be prevented from killing people, but she needs to get me out of trouble. Um, And that's when Peter finally finds, or, or Amanda plays the voicemail that drunk Bobby left for her, right? Which is right before Alicia walked into the basically got off the elevator on the floor. And the voicemail also makes it sound like like Bobby saw Peter approach, because he assumed that was Peter coming, which then, because that's the last we hear of the message and we don't know anything else from Bobby, makes it sound like Peter's the one who murdered him. Right, right. So Peter takes off. And, and he goes to the hospital, right? Yeah, because he's looking for Kimberly, because I don't know why I should go to the hospital, but there you go. Um, and ju- and and the, the nurse that we love is nurse like... Nurse Amy? Nurse Amy or yeah, nurse, nurse Amy? I'm going to say Nurse Amy. N- nurse Amy is, like, trying to, like, tell him the cops are looking for you. Like, she's trying to, like, you know, get him out of there um, and help him. And But the cops do catch up with him, and 
you know, justice, he's about to sort of go, well, let's, okay, like, let's go to the station, but I got, I got, I got, you know, if Kimberly calls Nurse Amy, put her through right away, you've got to page me. Yeah. Um, and Nurse Amy pages him pretty much immediately before he can even, you know, start a conversation. He's not even, he's like still walking down the hall with these cops. Yeah. And, and he's like, Peter, there's a call for you. Yeah. So he like, you know, sprints to the phone. Well, it turns out it's Alicia. Um, and she's driving, and also Melrose plays Time Warp. When he left, there we Amanda's, go. You said took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. When he left Amanda's, it was morning because yeah. he had been out all night looking for uh, Kimberly. But now, when he's at the hospital, ostensibly having just left Amanda's, Alicia calls him, and it's dark where she's driving. Yeah, it's like the middle of the night where Alicia's. Yeah, and so she's driving. It's dark, and she's on the phone, and she's hysterical, and she's basically told tells him what happened. And, um, and that she's leaving town. And she's leaving town. And I love you. I've always loved you. Um, all of a sudden, that sort of comes out again. And Peter basically convinces her to turn around and come back. Yeah. Which, you know, again, is too good to be true. Right. And so. Yes, she will turn around. But yes. then she drops her car phone. Yeah. And she does the one thing that anybody in driver's ed tells you never, ever to do. When you drop something in the car, do not pick it, down pick it up. Do not bend down to pick it up. Um, so she bends down to pick it up. Not only does she bend down to pick it up, she like just puts her whole like she just dives down, like like dives. And when she comes back up, she is basically face to face with a Mack truck. Yeah. And and has a head on collision. It drives into her, she gets killed. The phone flies out of the car while Peter is still on the other end of the line and the hospital pickups on him. So now and, he has two potential alibis. One is missing and one is dead. And we could all, I just have a question. When the phone came flying out of the car and it was just sort of sitting, the smashed up car and the phone was, was it now light out? No, I think it was still night. It was still night. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that is how they finally ended this episode. And that is how we have gotten rid of Bobby and Alicia. Neither so one was great for the season, but they were so integral with our main players all season long that it's like, this is how they go. So I have some thoughts. <sighs> I have some thoughts, and I'm just happy that we're almost done with season four. That's my thought. We are. I remembered them dying a bit earlier into the season. Like, not with three episodes to go, I thought it was like with six or eight episodes left because both of them have basically worn out their storytelling use already. So to get rid of them now is almost redundant and it just could have been done in so many different ways that were actually dramatically compelling that were more interesting cliffhangers. Um, Like they were done for us regardless. To, To die this way for both of them with like using like stock footage of stuntmen falling or getting killed by trucks it's like almost insulting but also i mean like do we need all of these peter storylines happening at once that peter lawsuit really could have happened any other time in the season again i'm not saying you shouldn't even have that storyline but i'm just saying if you had it that could have happened at a different time because we basically go from peter being in trouble with the law to getting a reprieve to Peter being in trouble with the law again. It's like, what's the point? You just passed the baton from one Peter and Jeopardy story to another. Meanwhile, all Matt is doing is setting up Joe <laughs> on a, on a stupid-ass date that she didn't want to be on with the doctor. Like, you really could have spread the storytelling wealth around. Again, we see Billy briefly. Not that we want to see more of him, but we could have. And and, and Allison have, is sort of shafted, too, now at this have, point. Could have done more with Jane dealing with her trauma a bit more gingerly, both with Jake and with Allison. I totally agree. And we could have had, we could have even had more of Joe and the and the doctor. I mean, because yeah. that is, you know, clearly going to go somewhere. And suddenly, and and it just sort of like went from one date to the other. Like, I don't know. It just, yeah. I, and I do agree. Alicia and Bobby were so done with this season. Like their storylines pretty much wrapped up, and they were almost almost felt like they were forced to stay. Yeah, yeah, it was like, there's no reason for them to stay on the canvas. Um, now, I never really liked or understood exactly what all of Alicia's machinations were, but if she had gotten 
killed off in a way like this in February of the season versus April after so many more episodes of what is she talking about? I think it would have been more compelling. If Bobby, yeah. if Bobby had died before Amanda really seems to com- be completely disconnected from him, again, more compelling. If yeah. he had died in a way that was, you know, Sid really had to bear some culpability for getting him to that point, again, more compelling. But right. none of those things. We none just have things wiped happened. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So two people are dead and Peter's in trouble and Michael could be dead next episode because Kimberly's still missing. Yeah, where is Kimberly? What's happening with that? So that's, you know, those are really our big stories for the rest of the season. The rest are just outliers. And truthfully, I just hope Sid hits the jackpot with that porn movie. I really do. I think think she deserves to make some moolah. She gets an unexpected break. Yeah. Yeah, she could use one. So, that so was the episode, that's it. Guys. Yeah, we, we're done. We, yeah, we we're, we're getting close to the end. We are grinning and bearing our way through it, uh, which does not mean we are not still in love with the show. But, you know, this is a low point. This season, if you disagree, yeah. tell us why. Yeah. So we're going to go um, we're going to go to Hollywood Boulevard. We're going to talk about bookish things. We're going to talk about TV-ish things. And um, why don't you head over there to talk to us too why Um, don't you why don't you (laughs) wow that made no sense (laughs) i mean mean, it made sense it's a it's a crazy covid world it makes sense it is a crazy COVID world. okay so we will see you guys over on the other side vroom vroom bye